Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, H.M. Long. Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that we could have you on. And like I said before we got recording, some of you guys might know from some of the previous episodes, the weather has not been great where we've been traveling. So I was glad that we could get Hannah in and some of our other guests uh, for everybody for February, she wrote. So Hannah, we'll start right in with that first question. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? Uh, well, I, I, you know, I, I started writing when I was a kid, you know, like a lot of people. Um, I actually tried to get published when I was about 15. Um, wow. I finished my first novel when I was 12. And wow. by the time I was 15, I had written a couple books and thought I would give it a shot. And uh, I, I even got a request from an agent at that oh, point. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, which I was really shocked by. Um, I actually found like the request letter the other day back to when we had to do like oh, self-addressed cool. stamped envelopes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it ended in rejection and I kind of, I lost the steam. I lost courage. I, you know, I was hurt. I was 50. Yeah, yeah. So it, I took, I think seven or eight years off, um, you know, grew up a little bit, went to university and then, uh, I married my husband and moved to Germany and I was unemployed and had nothing to do. And my husband was like, didn't you used to write? Like, why don't you try to be an author? <laughs> So I started writing again. And in a period of, um, I think it was three years, I wrote five books oh, wow. and then started submitting to agents again, more professionally this time. Um, and then I landed my agent and we sold Hall of Smoke within, it was very fast. It was like six weeks. Oh, Hall yeah. of Smoke sold um, as a two book deal. <clears throat> and then, yeah, things moved on from there. And that, that's how I got to where I am. <laughs> I was going to say, if somebody, I, like the first time I saw you on Twitter and then I was like, oh, that looks like a cool book. And I like read the description. I was just like, yes, please. And I added it <laughs> uh, to my TBR. I actually got book one the other day. Um, I actually haven't posted it on social media, but I, I was like going somewhere. My wife's like, hey, isn't this the lady that you're going to have on this week? I was like, yeah, it is. So we like grabbed it. I was like really excited. I was able to find a couple people that we had on recently. I was like, it was like a good book finding experience. But yeah, if they pass that up on that, like, I don't know, especially with the current times, like, yeah, I was, I was just talking to Emily Inkpen about this and people see it in her and, and, and Jay Swift, um, you know, where it's like, I feel like you have filled a void, you know, where it's like still fantasy, but it's not like your contemporary medieval, you know, it's mm -hmm. like expanded on the genre I guess is the better way to put it um which yeah, I what's something that was a little different like, yeah yeah and it, yeah. it not, really not too much different but no yeah well I mean but it, it made me think though you know like just in terms of just reading your description uh which is why I wanted to have you on here because just your description alone and you know reading the blurb and everything for book one um I was like oh that just sounds so cool and it made me just have really really good ideas uh and I just think that it's really good when people you know, just write the stories that they want to write rather than mm -hmm. always writing to market. Cause then I think you always get the same. Yeah. So I always like expansion of fantasy and sci-fi. I just like when people, you know, can fit into different niches. And I just think even those little ones help expand the genre. So yeah. 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 Uh, for that second one there. So what is it about fantasy that made you want to write in this genre? I really don't like real life. <laughs> <laughs> I that. I'm right there with you. Honestly, 
Yeah, I really don't like life. So if anything starts to feel remotely like it could be an experience that I would actually have in real life, then I avoid it. Um, that's not to say that I don't write relatable experiences. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you got to have that human aspect there. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I I used to when I first started writing, I started writing uh, historical fiction. Oh, cool. And I was always getting bogged down in the details. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I just always wanted magic. I wanted something different, something unpredictable, something that wasn't realistic to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and everything I wrote always gravitated in that direction. And when I finally let go of trying to write historical fiction, that's when I found my, my niche. Oh, and I was cool. able to start moving forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really cool. So you and um, you and uh, Tilda uh, Colt Holt are pretty similar, where you have those um, historical fiction roots, and then went mm -hmm. fantasy. So that's really yeah. Cool. <laughs> this goes off the rails at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's like I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I, my, my friend and I go back and forth about that because I totally understand like getting bogged down in the details because I'm mm -hmm. doing this like mythological fantasy I guess what you call it where the lost roman legion meets zombies and that's why uh -huh. I'm and I'm like I'm like the same way I'm like oh it's just like <laughs> hard to slog through them sometimes so my friend yeah. got, oh I'm just gonna write the book and then have like a roman military historian or whoever from the time period like I want to hire someone to edit it later and then add those mm -hmm. other things because I feel I, I I understand and I feel like um I feel like Kristen Matar and I talked about that too with like getting bogged down with the historical details so I feel like that's why mm -hmm. she did the same thing so but that's really cool I'm a history teacher so I uh, nice. love to hear that. <laughs> and I love his I love historical fiction so I always mm -hmm. love to uh, people with those roots but that's really mm -hmm. cool I could definitely I kind of wondered about that actually um if that's where you had started because it just seemed like you know um from what I've read of, you know, book one so far and stuff and reviews and things, it just seemed like, I was like, she had to have had some sort of historical fiction background. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always loved history. Like I was that kid that would spend hours in the museum. Just, just leave me there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. So, yeah, still do. still do. Yeah, yeah. It's a Philadelphia mm -hmm. Art Museum. And we were, I was like, why? Like you go there and it says like, you could do like a weekend pass. And it's only like 20 bucks more. And I'm like, well, how would anybody be here for a weekend? And then we were like going, there were so many cool things. And I'm like, okay, I get it. So my wife and I were mm -hmm. like, next time we go back, we're going to have to get a weekend pass. Cause there was just yeah. too much to see and indulge in. <laughs> I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. All right. So one of my favorite questions now uh, for number three. So what are your books, Hall of Smoke and Temple of No God about? Okay. So Hall of Smoke, which is book one in the series, the I should say first of all the series is not quite a traditional series it's a more of a set of standalone novels that take place in the same world um, each story is contained within itself and technically you can start anywhere within the series oh, and there will be eventually be four books um, but hollow smoke is about a disgraced warrior priestess um, who's basically she's disobeyed her goddess and she's trying to regain her goddess's favor um, and along with her goddess's favor to regain her place in the high halls of the dead so there's a lot of meddling gods. It's um, it's a Viking-inspired world. Lots of magic, lots of axes, um, very cinematic action, and uh, lots of atmosphere. And um, this one is more of a, a journey and a survival story. And then <clears throat> we get to Temple of No God, 
Temple of No God is about the same main character, but 10 years later, there's a lot of distance between the two stories. She's older, kind of jaded that, you know, jaded 30 something who just kind of needs a holiday. Um, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I channeled a lot of my personal feelings. <laughs> <in life. laughs> Um, a Temple of No God follows Hessa as she is masquerading as a mercenary in, an, in a crumbling empire. Um, yeah, there's a great power waiting to be attained. A lot of spoilers, which I could share. Um, but yeah, this follows, it has more of like a, a band of mercenaries traveling together. Um, there's lots of dark magic. There's a mysterious cult on the rise. And yeah. And then book three is coming January 2023 and book four is coming January 2024. So. That's awesome. I, my friend and I were talking because um, he had read book one and I was like, no spoilers, like don't do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was saying like, um, oh, he felt like it was because him and me are both huge like Robert E. Howard fans. And mm -hmm. um, he was like, yeah, I felt like it was like Conan the Barbarian that like read Sonia and meets like Chronicles of the Black Company. And I was like, don't, don't say anything else. I was like, that was <laughs> perfect. I was like, that's the perfect way to get me to read a book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, like I said, like, I really liked just that you went with like a priestess and, you know, we're really exploring mm -hmm. all, the, you know, different things. It just, to me, sounded really, really interesting right off the bat. So, and then when yeah, I, I was looking at the second one, I was like, oh, that's even cooler. Like, cause I love really under the mercenary thing right now because of Malazan mm -hmm. and the Fallen and stuff. So yeah, it's neat. Yeah. Yeah. They, they both have <clears throat> different feels. They're, they're unique, but they, they do feel naturally yeah, yeah. one another. So yeah. yeah, I like them. I like that. Have you found that, you know, like, like that was like something that the market's been missing? Cause I really can't think of too many um like other series that are doing that like to me that's a really cool um yeah like approach to it I mean you know where you have I can't here, but... I don't really know many others that are like that um it wasn't actually me that came up with the idea it was my publisher oh cool. um I had initially had them as more of a I had this as a streamlined duology when I originally pitched it um and then I had random ideas for further books that were not connected they don't they're not about Hessa um and yeah, so they're like, why don't we just put it all together as a series, make them all standalones um, and have it as a start anywhere series. And yeah, I yeah. Thought that was neat. It was definitely a challenge, but it was an interesting challenge that I wanted to to take. So yeah. <laughs> well, I just yeah. I just like that approach because, um, again, I'm a huge, huge Robert E. Howard fan. And like, that's how he wrote Conan, where, you know, you could literally mm -hmm. go at any book and it's a standalone, you know, and you might see some people and things like that, but it's just nice to be able to get in and, you know, get out and, um, you know, still get that sense that there's more going on, I guess. Um, yeah. A little bit less like, commitment. Yeah. 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 I just like yeah. it. Cause it's like, you know, too, like, I think like down the road, like, you know, like, let's say you got done with four books and then you were like, Oh, you know, like people really wanted more or if you were in the mm -hmm. same world or, you know, they're like, Oh, we really want more. So you could go back. And I just think that that's a, I think it's a great marketing idea personally. And it, I think it, to me, it sounded really cool from a writer's standpoint too. So yeah, just. Yeah, it's, it's neat. And it gives me a lot of freedom. So. Yeah. 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 Which is nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> My friend's like starting off with, you know, um, three years later, like did two series and was going back to do book two of another one. He was like, why did, he's like, why did you, why didn't you stop me? And I'm like, we tried stopping you. Like your wife tried stopping you. You just decided you instead of writing book three you were going to go and write this other series so 
Uh, but yeah, I like that because I feel like you could just come in and out. And yeah, I'm definitely think about that for the future because that's like a really mm. cool idea. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, so number four, how did you go about your world building and magic system? To me, this is like a really good question because I am so interested in how you did it from like the priestess's um, perspective. Well, I... <laughs> I'm very much a pantser. So I really have no methodology with the way I do these things. Um, basically, I for Hall of Smoke, I had an image of an opening scene. And I didn't know anything that was going to happen. I didn't know the character. I didn't know anything. I sat down and started writing it. And um, not really spoilers, but um, the opening scene is uh, Hessa kneeling in a meadow of poppies asking for forgiveness for her goddess, just, you know, trying to, you know, get back in. Um, and uh, it ends with like war horns blasting up the side of the mountain. And that, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> I just kept writing. Um, and that, you know, that is kind of my preferred way to write. And I just, I love discovering the story as it goes. And then, um, yeah, discovering the world through the character. Um, yeah, because then I find when I world build too much ahead of time, I'm always so disappointed that I don't get to use material. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of wasted material, and I think it makes it a lot easier to info dump and to to end up with kind of boring lulls in the book because you as the author are so excited about all the different yeah. things that you have created, but it's just not relevant to the story. So my world building is more situational, and I just create it as it goes. Um, and then usually I won't be developing the character really until the second or third draft mm. um, when I start to have the events and, and the world is then set. And then I can kind of chart the character's responses and how they're, they're responding to this world and how they feel about it and what they think about it. And then I might need to rewrite some plot aspects because of that, because the character has changed. Um, but that's, that for me is the method that works the best. I wrote Hollow Smoke in six weeks because of this. Wow, I that's just, crazy. Yeah, I just wrote it. I, I wrote like 12 hours a day. <laughs> I was I was just overtaken with this story in this world. So I just got it out and then patched everything back in later. And that's how it came to be. Yeah. And now, like now that I'm on contract with a publisher, I have to have outlines. I have to have things um, kind of laid out ahead of time. It, it's not really my favorite way of working. Um, but I have learned how to do it now. And it, yeah, everyone, I always have a side project that I can just pants to my heart content. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Then I, my official contract books are more organized and I have to be more professional about it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's so funny that like I have, I ask people things, you know, in back to back interviews. And then it's just funny how certain people respond the same way. Like you and Emily mm -hmm. and both said the same thing where like the character is, is your son and then everything else, you know, that happens. The world building is the planets that revolve around them. Uh, mm -hmm. But I definitely think that that's a better way to do it. I had a character who after draft one in one of my novels decided he was going to be a whole different person, um, mm -hmm. a whole different class. And then I had to figure out how that class was going to affect the world building. And I was like, why on earth did I world build? I should have just went with these people and done these things and then let it happen. <laughs> but I definitely think yeah. that gave us some great advice there. So a lot of- Well, I mean, nothing's wasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's nothing's true. wasted, you know, yeah. yeah.
Yeah. I, I've done world building for one book. It ended up not being relevant to the book that I wrote and then used it in another book. So that's cool. Yeah. And that's another thing that keeps coming up too, like a common theme. Um, like I was talking to Kelly McCall about this, a friend of mine wrote like a book and Kelly had talked about like he did the um the Fallen Blade series, which I just love. Um, great Grim Dark Fantasy. And he had said that he like it was actually his first book. He couldn't figure out how to fix it. So then mm -hmm. he ended up later on coming back to it. And then that became the Fallen Blade series. Well, my friend deleted his uh -huh. entire work. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I do that all the time. Oh, man. Oh, I delete crazy. full manuscripts at will. Oh, Devil oh, of No God was completely rewritten two and a half times. Oh, wow. <laughs> just yeah, like, it hurts me. Because yeah. like, I just talked to so many authors where they're like, like the book that I love, the series I love, the character that I love, like I couldn't imagine if I didn't have R.L. Um, Kingslayer like in my life, in my reading life and and his like best friend Triss, it's like Shadow Dragon. Like I, I said to Kelly, I'm like, I'm so glad you didn't do that. Cause I just think of like, you know, like what books could have been like kind of thing. But yeah, that's really funny. Um, yeah, I just said, I talked to Emma about that. It's funny that you both said the same thing, um, literally like five days apart. Um, but I think it's really good advice though. And I think that, <laughs> I just think in the future, like, because everybody always talks about the iceberg, and I'm like, they're like, yeah, you come up with all this world, but then nobody sees it, and I'm like, but why? If the character's only, you're only seeing really right through your character's mm -hmm. eyes and the things that happen to them, I just think it makes, it just changed my whole perceptive, you know, perspective on world building and how I perceive world building, so I just think it's really good advice, personally, so. <laughs> um good question i'm really interested for this one and i know i'm gonna say it wrong again uh so for number five there where the character idea for hessa and the ingi did i get it right that time ingi. yeah <laughs> as soon as i read your description i was like oh that's cool <laughs> um basically it, it links back to the the pantsingness of just finding out who who hessa was what the Ingi were. I did, I did have a little bit of a concept ahead of time that I wanted, I knew I wanted a priestess type character and I knew I wanted her to be part of an, an order. So that was the only real thing I had ahead of time. Um, yeah, and then everything just developed itself from there. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a simple answer, but. <laughs> Yeah. Well, again, you're taking that world building from the character's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Would you, so would you say, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, I, I did know that I wanted my, <clears throat> I wanted my main character to be a woman and I wanted her to, you know, I wanted her to be a warrior, but I didn't want to go the really hardened and cold route. I, and I also didn't want her to be overly masculine. So I kind of tried to find a, a middle ground there between her being still very kind of raw, um, having still having access to her emotions and grieving and being a, a relatable person in that respect, um, but still being this, you know, badass warrior and finding that middle ground. Yeah, I could definitely see where, I could definitely see from experience like where that would be difficult. Um, yeah, like I have a new priest, like, cause from yours, I was like, I had this Robert E. Howard kind of idea for a short story and now she's mm -hmm. turned in, now she's like, I want a whole book. And I'm like, of course you want a whole book. Like, why wouldn't you? And she's like, how about a trilogy? And I'm like, fine, whatever. Like, I'm just here to write, you know, I'm not making decisions. Um, but yeah, well, I, I just find that interesting because I was like trying to do more world building and I was like, this just isn't working. So 
I, I do think that that's really good advice because I think that when I go back to her, I'm going to do go more for her character development and see what's happened mm -hmm. to her. And kind of more like ask her questions rather than tell her what happened to her. <laughs> like, yeah. They never want to listen anyway. So it's like kind of pointless, but that might it be always works out better for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It really does, right? Because my friend, yeah. with this, so I got this constable and then he's like, no, I want to be a thief taker. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is outside of like Robert Jordan's thief taker. I'm like, what do you mean? And then I went and looked at it and it was interesting. I gave it to my friend. I said, what do you think is more interesting? And he was like, oh, that second one. I'm like, of course the second one is because now it means I have to rewrite all these things and this character. But uh, so for, I just, so kind of like a side question there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm trying to think of like a good way to put it. Um, so with the Ingi, like, would you say that like they're super powerful, kind of powerful? Did you kind of go with like a level one character for D&D &D and then kind of move on in the series? Like, how did you go about deciding like what kind of powers or magic, um, you know, like Hessa had access to, I guess? Um, <clears throat> sorry, I have a bit of a cough. Oh, I, I'm right there. I, I have a lot. Of <laughs> I sound weird, that's why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't want her to be overly powerful. I kind of like, I wanted Hessa to be like, really the, like the last choice, mm -hmm. you know, she's, she's too young. She's naive. She knows very little about the world. Um, she really wasn't ready to be out in the world yet and to be having the responsibilities that she has. Um, yeah, I, again, it was just back to decisions that came as the story was written all of it just shaping up um in <clears throat> in specific situations seeing what hessa needed to do and then not necessarily just giving her the magic to get out of it but finding what what level of power would be most create the most interesting set of circumstances leading forward um like i didn't want her to be op i wanted her to have like a lot of challenges and um the ingi as a whole are you know like there are more powerful Ingi than Hessa um but again they're not really that OP like basically Ing the goddess of war who is you know the Ingi are devoted to she's a goddess of war she's not a goddess of victory and she's not a goddess of conquest it's oh. the actual war that serves her and the like the shedding of blood so she's not really that invested in her her priest being able to always win all the time yeah um so yeah so did that like influence the kind of magic for you that they were able to they're able to do? Like, would that mean that because she's not as focused on the pre you know preservation of life, for instance, like they wouldn't have as much healing magic maybe as somebody from like another? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's only destructive. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, Ingi magic is only destructive, but with within like the hollow smoke world and the way that the the pantheon and and all the deities are set up is you have powers based on who you're devoted to and you can't be devoted to more than one person like not really um so there's another character called aita um who's a, a goddess and devotees of aita might have healing magic but if you're a direct devotee of ing you're not going to have it so I just, I, I like that personally, because I feel like you, you have this person who's, you know, more than average, but it's still, you're putting limitations on them. Yeah. I think, I think limitations are extremely important. Yeah. Um, and it's a little hard for me because I don't like, um, I don't like hard rules. 
with fantasy. I don't like, I don't like hard magic systems. Um, for instance, like I love Brandon Sanderson, but I always struggle with the really, really hard specific magic systems. Cause I'm like, it's magic. Just, just do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think limitation is extremely important and it, it creates so many situations and it, um, that might not have otherwise come up and it creates so much tension for the reader because the reader knows where the character's abilities are going to run out, where they're going to be vulnerable. Um, so yeah, I think that really adds to the overall tension and the stakes. No, totally. I, I always think like, um, you know, back to like Gandalf, I think is one where it's like, I still to this day, I've read the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I'm like, I have no idea what he can do but part part of it i think too talking about your priestess you know when dealing with gods and goddesses it's like as a reader at part of it's like kind of like not knowing what they're really capable of because i feel like it just adds Mm. mystery and you know it also allows you as the the writer not to save them from anything but to do some creative things and yeah leaves you some open doors because yeah, like, I feel like yeah. otherwise you're going to be reading something else and and not fantasy and I don't know I just I I do agree with you like I I try to do a hard magic system and I said to my friend recently I was like I think I'm just not a hard magic system person I said I've never cared mm-hmm. until I read Brandon Sanderson listened to his lectures um and I just think that you know yeah like Forgotten Realms is one of those where it's like you know like the people have to sleep you have to have a certain experience or study for a certain amount of years, um, you know, or whatever, or like you, you're, you're out of whatever, but it's like, I, I never, I've read hundreds of them and I've never cared, you know, on mm. like how the system worked, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like my friend's like, well, that's a hard magic. I'm like, no, it's really not a hard magic system. Cause you could have somebody more powerful do this or that, or, you know, mm-hmm. they always end up having like a power or something. And I'm like, to me, it's, it's never bothered me. I've never met, I'm, I'm friends with like a lot of people who have read them and nobody ever seems to care. They just want the characters and they're just there for a good time. Yeah. <laughs> they want the characters and the world and the feel yeah, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. But I like that though, that you put those limitations on, you know, on your, your priests and priestesses or, you know, your clerics, because I do think that's really cool. Cause you could even do like a, like an expendables thing, right. Where you need a group of them who, you know, need each other to get through like these obstacles or this situation. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that adds up a whole nother relevance and I think it's a good theme too you know that you, you need other people right not everybody has yeah people. but I also like your theme too with you know like with Hessa with not her not being like the first chosen because mm-hmm. you know, everybody always does the chosen one I just think it gets boring so I like you yeah there could have been somebody else but they were all <laughs> at lunch or you know it's like yeah the only reason she's the she's the the main character and does what she does is because she did something wrong yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I like that though. That's a, that's a whole different approach to a story. And I'm reading like the, one of the hero's journeys books and stuff. And I don't know, to me, that just sounds a lot mm-hmm. more interesting. It's not your, your atypical. It's like, give me something a little new. So we're in fantasy. Yeah. So, uh, so you plan on writing four books then uh, for this world or just for Hessa, or do you plan on expanding um, some other series in it or? Well, I have, I'm on, I've contracted for four. So I have, I have two more on contract with Titan books. Um, the third one is handed in. I'm waiting for an edit round, um, and it it will be very wintry, <laughs> which is wonderful. Um, I love the setting of it. It's it's oh, really cool. just that uh, you can sink your teeth into it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and there'll, there'll be a book for. I do, there is, <clears throat> there's possibilities of other books in the whole smoke world. I don't know that I want to pursue that yet. I yeah. have to work that out. And I got to chat with my editor and my publisher and see what they want. Um, I do have other things on the horizon <laughs> that I cannot talk about yeah, yeah. Uh, because of contracts and things like that. Um, but I have, like I, I love, I love the whole Viking inspired world, but I also really, really love like nautical fantasy. I love like really odd period fantasy. Like I also write Edwardian period fantasy, oh, sort of like cool. it's like you know semi gilded age sort of thing going yeah. on. Um, I really enjoy it, um, and so I've got I have multiple other series on the back burner because I did write a lot before I got Hollow Smoke picked up. Um, so I have a backlist. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I may write more Hollow Smoke books, but you know, you can only publish so many books at a time yeah. um, as you know, if you're with a publisher. Yeah. So I have to kind of pick and choose my projects. So we will see if there's more than four in the end. But. Both those subject areas sound really cool. I'd love to see you do a nautical one and like a, you know, some sort of Gilded Age. <laughs> I love the Gilded Age personally, so. Yes, I... I'm waiting for emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting too because every time I get on Twitter now, I can check yours and I'll be there with popcorn and a couple. I, I it's so funny because this is like every time I have somebody on recently uh, with a uh, publisher, it seems mm -hmm. like they're the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Friend, one of my friends was like, like, "Why didn't you ask me this in like a month?" I'm like, "I don't know." I was like, "It's just how our your my schedule worked out." <laughs> but yeah, it's exciting because yeah. want to come back and like spread the news everywhere. Yeah. Like we got a good place to do it, but. Yeah, that's that's super exciting. I I just love when people come up with really good ideas and particularly in fantasy. I, I'm a sci-fi guy too, but fantasy's got my yeah. heart. So <laughs> I, I love sci-fi as well. I would love to write um some kind of space opera someday. Yeah, yeah. Great. But I, I feel like that would take up a lot more of my time than the fantasy books do. I I started writing one, I got like ten thousand words in and I was like, this is too big. I don't have time to do this right now and give it the yeah. love it deserves. So I went back to writing my you know hundred thousand word fantasies <laughs> no, I, I totally understand that i i had a couple and i'm like i'm just i'm like yeah i'm like this is going to take too much time and i just feel mm -hmm. like the world building alone i get lost in research for space because i just find it so interesting and like i yeah. my wife's like you've been down here one day i was like oh yeah I'll, I'll be up for dinner soon it was like three hours later and i'm like still researching the moods of you know like speaking of titan i was researching titan and just mm -hmm. came up with so many cool ideas around, you know, the moon and everything. And yeah, she was like, I don't know if this is a good idea for you right now. So <laughs> might have to do it in the summertime. I'm taking the summer off to write. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, nice. That's awesome. I set myself that up is for so cool. three years. The pandemic set me back. I was supposed to have last. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I'm like, you know, my friend, he was like, I'm so sorry. I said, it's fine. I said, I just have to wait another year to have a vacation mm -hmm. and I'm like everybody else is dealing with far more than not getting a vacation you know to write for eight weeks I was like it's totally fine yeah, um, but yeah I'm like really excited though so it'd be interesting awesome yeah I'm like gonna do my own nano Raymo like for July <laughs> so we'll see how it goes but that's great yeah I definitely understand like sci-fi I, I don't know what it is because I originally started reading sci-fi <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't know why I have such a hard time writing in it. I just feel like, I don't know. I think it's maybe, I don't know. I think some things do come, genres do come naturally to certain people. For me, sci-fi yeah. is one of them. But 
I would love I've it. always been very not rooted in this world, so. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's. I, I, I was that distracted kid yeah. that was staring out the window all the time, <laughs> telling myself stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it, because I've always been really into mythology and, you know, and different things. And my mom just said that because we just were up with them in Michigan for vacation. And she was like, you've always like been a head in the clouds person. <laughs> so I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like, you know, sci-fi, I feel like you have more of, you know, obviously it's sci-fi, so I just think it's a, total, mm -hmm. I think it's a totally different taste, and personally, I think writing, I think it's a different skill, but. Yeah. Or some people are good switching back and forth, you know, like, um, Christian, or was it Miles Cameron, like, Christian's really good at that, I feel like, like, no matter what he writes, historical fiction, whatever, you know, like, I'll read it, but <laughs> I hope one of those, these days, to have those gears where I could switch from fantasy to sci-fi in a heartbeat. And, yeah, it, it's something I want to learn. Yeah, yeah. But I have a lot of ideas that are way more sci-fi than fantasy, but yeah, I need some time to work on it. Yeah, you could be like, I had uh, um, J. Diane Dotson on, and she does, like, a mix of fantasy and sci-fi, and I was like, well, maybe mm -hmm. that's, you know, maybe that's a better way to get your, you know, your foot in the door. Yeah. I'm like, that's a good point, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so for number seven, oh, this is always one of my favorites. So who are some writers or authors that have inspired you to write? Mm. <laughs> well, first of all, like my favorite, favorite book throughout all of my teens was Sabriel by Garth Nix. Oh, I loved, I was obsessed with it. I listened to the audiobook so many times. It's narrated by Tim Curry and I just, I just loved it. And I, I think that like, I can't, I can't really even quantify how much influence that had on all my work. Um, like all my main characters, I feel like, you know, are kind of in the vein of, of uh, Garth Nix's main female characters. Um, the, like the magic system and the world and everything. I just always found it so inspiring. And like to this day, when I see fog rolling in across the field, I'm like, yeah. there's dead hands coming, yeah. like, you know? And, uh, so that, that was a huge influence on me. And then like recent, more recently, I've really loved like Catherine Arden's Winter Night Trilogy. Mm. Um, I really love Pierce Brown, um, Adrian Young on the YA side. I always love all of her books. Like they always have like the right, I feel like the right amount of atmosphere and emotion um, going on. And then of course, Sanderson. And, yeah. I could keep going, but there's like, <laughs> I love there it. we go. I got to get new shelves myself. And I was like, I was like trying to ask questions. I was like peeking back there. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of good ones. This shadow of the gods is my favorite uh, book of last year. I absolutely adored it. Rage of dragons was fantastic. Kings of the wild was my favorite book of the year before. Oh, okay. See, that's my first book this summer on my list. And I, I got like trying to, trying to mix it up a little bit and kind of go, I, I, I'm in such a big writing stint lately. I just felt like I've been gassed and um, I had Richard Baker on recently and he's one of my, he, Richard Baker is one of the five authors that inspired me to write. So to have mm -hmm. him on the podcast was just. That's cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> one of my Forgotten Realm heroes. And that was just so yeah. cool. I went and got his book um, yesterday, um, um, Rebels of Anaheim. Uh, that he's writing for Aconite books uh, through Marvel. Mm -hmm. And I was just, it's been really good. But cool. yeah, I feel like I need things that really grab my attention. So I'm like, I don't, you know what I mean? When you're in that state of writing, it's like sometimes it's just hard to read. So 
yeah the summer to do a really big uh reading spree but garth nix i gotta tell you like garth nix and ann mccaffrey i discovered them i think in sixth grade and it was just like those are like some of my first stints in fantasy and just like changed my world like garth nix i didn't even know garth nix had more of those books until i had gotten a twitter um i have i have I bought like some collector's editions that they had really cheap at a used book sale. <laughs> oh yeah. I bought like, I don't even know how many I have. I got them all lined up. I'm ready to go. I'm waiting for my friend for book club. Um, Cause we're going to try and do it together. And I told him, like, I don't know if I could wait to do my reread of book one. <laughs> um, Cause it's been since sixth grade, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. Just the, some of the imagery and just some mm-hmm. of the things that he did, like it really, I didn't even know that was fantasy until I got to, um, you know, to middle school and we started talking about different genres and things in English. But yeah, I just thought that was a really cool book. So good stuff. I, yeah, love them. <laughs> Every time I see an extra copy of like Sabriel at a thrift store, I pick it up so that I can like be an evangelist and give it to people. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Here, read this. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've, I've given them, I, I, so I'm a teacher, so I have a bookshelf and I used to teach English and I still do this. Like, um, it's like that one, the golden compass, um, you know, like those, like, there's just certain books that, yeah, if they're, if they're a couple bucks, I'll get them and I'll find a kid mm-hmm. too, you know, that I know that loves fantasy and sci-fi. And yeah, I think I've pretty much maxed out a lot of the region around us for Garth. <laughs> I just, I just keep picking them up and, you know, I teach eighth grade. So it's like a lot of the kids, you know, who really like to read like I did are in the genre in the same, you know, age range. So yeah, there's, there's not many around us that are, that are used anymore. <laughs> so I definitely, yeah. That's really funny. I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one. So nope. <laughs> I was so mad about um because I missed this one eBay bid uh, mm-hmm. for uh, Garth's books um all signed and I must uh, like I had like I was like a second off <laughs> and it was like a really good no. deal. Yeah, and I was like, well, I'll just buy these and then I'll just give mine away to some more kids. <laughs> <It's cool. laughs> yeah. So I've been like on the watch. I have, I have one signed one. Oh, that's I have cool. a signed copy of Clariel, but that was a surprise because I got it off book outlet. And when I opened it, it was oh, signed and I had no idea surprise. that was coming. That was like, yeah, it was, it was a great day. It was yeah. a wonderful day. <laughs> that's awesome. My friend found an R.A. Salvatore like that and it was like a really Ooh. rare one too. And yeah, it was really cool. I would love to, yeah, I'd love to get uh, all of them that I have signed on my shelf. That'd be awesome. Uh, so for that last question, um, what projects, uh, promos, news updates, and things like that, uh, that you have with our audience that you can share right now? Well, there's Hollow Smoke 3, which is coming January 2023, and then Hollow Smoke 4, which is coming January 2024. Um, I have some other things in the works, so keep an eye on my social media. I've been, you know, emailing, asking for permission to share some things. Uh, so hopefully the ball is rolling. Um, yeah, that's really all I can share at this time, but, um, yeah. Well, too, but too, too <laughs> on the horizon. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Hollow Smoke and Temple of No God are out now and you can get them in print, audiobook and ebook, uh, from wherever books are sold. Um, yeah, there's some signed copies floating around Southern Ontario. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try to make our way up there pretty soon because I got a couple of friends up there. We talked about like hanging out and stuff this summer. So I now that you told me that, it's yeah, like, just while. wait till this storm's passed. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I couldn't even get out of PA. I can barely get out of PA right now. So yeah, I was walking the dog. We have a we live in the bush and we have a small lake on the okay. property. 
I was walking the dog out by the lake today and the wind was coming in off the lake. It was just full on snowstorm. You couldn't see anything. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Whiteout conditions. I got, yeah, total I mean, whiteout. I love your covers too, by the way. Like just the oh yeah, they're cool, design and yeah, they're just absolutely amazing. <laughs> so yeah, they were not what I expected them to be. Okay. Um, I my like my personal aesthetic is like very dark, like charcoal gray and white and things like that. Um, so when I these covers landed in my inbox, I was really taken aback. Um, but I I fell in love with them completely. Like the owl is so intense on this. Yeah, cover. yeah, it's very detailed. Yeah. If you're on Spotify or RSS.com, you'll have to go and check the descriptions uh, to see Hannah's books. But you guys, well, the first mm-hmm. time I went and um, I think it was I saw book one and it was hardcover and it had just come out. And I like walked by my favorite bookstore where my mother-in-law lives uh, in Saratoga Springs. And I just stopped and I looked and I was like, okay, I have to pick this book up. <laughs> and I just felt like it was one of those great circumstances of, you know, um, you know, I was just listening to a, an old podcast uh, with Lindsay Broker, uh, Jeff Lalo, or Joe Lalo and Jeffrey Poole. And they were talking with one of the authors they had on, I'm probably like on the author, um, but just like, you know, about, oh, Ben Hill talked about, you know, like covers are your brand. And I just mm-hmm. thought that both of those were just a really cool, way to brand your work personally yeah they're they're very signature i'm i'm super i know the cover for book three is in production right now oh that's so 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 curious to see how it turns out i i was i sent in my ideas like you know the my little my say and then but i don't know what they'll they'll turn out yeah Yeah, it's really exciting i assume it'll be the same style Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, I liked how they went with the blue and then they went with the purple. That was like a really cool. Yeah, the, the purple caught me by surprise. Yeah. I, I didn't expect for the purple. I was gunning for red. Oh, okay. But yeah, oh, we went with cool. purple. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's neat. Yeah, so you guys online, if you're listening on, again, on our RSS feed or Spotify, you'll have to click on the links and uh, check out Hannah's books. They both look and sound really awesome. So I got book one the other day, so I'm really excited about that. So I got a couple to finish shot. Uh, I know a lot of people were asking me about doing book reviews, so I kind of got to wait till the summer. So I'm actually stockpiling books that I've read and taking notes. And then so I'll be doing like pretty much a review per week uh, throughout the summer. So uh, book one's on my horizon. So I'm really excited to get there. So hopefully I'll oh, I, hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I just like have trouble with hardcover because I'm like, I don't mind giving you guys my money, but it's just hard with my shelves. Like, I just feel like I've gotten so many mm-hmm. paperbacks and I just, I love the way that they feel. Like, I guess it's a sense. I'm but... a paperback person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hardcovers. I just, they're so hard to travel with too. Like I travel yeah. a lot yeah. and hardcovers just take up so much room. They just wait too dental? much. Yeah. Yeah. Like paperback. Mm-hmm. I, like I dented a hardcover. I had a friend of mine's book I bought and then I felt so bad. I was going to have her sign it. And then I dented it. So I was like, oh, my friend won't care. So I actually went, when her paperback came out, bought that for myself and then gave my friends like the used copy. I'm like, well, I found this used copy. We can, uh, you know, book club together. He was like so excited. Uh, but I was just like, it wasn't my wife's like, it's not even that bad. And it just like, it ruined it for me. I was like, mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't read the book anymore. Yeah, we travel a lot. So paperback's worth that. But, yeah. Well, Hannah, I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, rescheduling everything. Thank you so much. Uh, well, thank you for having, having me. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, you know, like I said, you know, when it comes about book three, if you got any news you want to share, you know, or book cover reveals or whatever, you just let me know. Okay. And, on and we'll mm-hmm. plaster it all over the internet uh, as much as we can. Okay. You know? <laughs> uh, and everybody, uh, yeah, 
everybody who is on listening, thank you so much. Just please do not forget to go into the description, right? Hannah's websites and socials will be there. So please make sure it doesn't matter what platform we're on, go right to the description, um, check them out and make sure you're checking out her books and, you know, news updates, things like that. That way you guys can get connected with her right away. Again, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on and I hope you Thanks, have a good day. I'll be emailing you later to make sure that we're good to go for tomorrow. So. Okay, perfect. I look forward to it. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks. Yep.